Welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community Podcast. Each week, your host, Trisha Stutzel, is highlighting people and organizations in our communities that are serving through volunteer work and giving back to make our community, country, and even the world a kinder place to live. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of Serving the Community. My name is Trisha Stutzel. I'm the owner of Results Extreme Business Solutions and founder of this podcast, Serving the Community. I'm super excited about the guest that I have on today. He was reintroduced to me by Gail Nelson with Family Promise, and we all have a mutual connection through the Bay Area Get Together. If you don't know about that organization, you should definitely look into it. So it is my pleasure to introduce Josh Durrell, Executive Director of Galveston Urban Ministries. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I look forward to our time together and and sharing about how we can all serve the community better. Yeah, absolutely. So would you just take a minute, introduce yourself, talk a little bit about gum, as we like to call it, so that people are familiar with it, and then we'll take a deeper dive into some of the things that you've got going on in your organization. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, uh, my name is Josh. I'm the executive director at Galveston Urban Ministries. Uh, My wife and I founded this organization um, almost 11 years ago now. Uh, I had just finished grad school. Uh, We were living in Chicago and uh, moved to Galveston to launch a new organization that was geared more towards empowerment and long-term fixes instead of this idea of just giving kind of a a quick material good and then expecting life to just all of a sudden change. And so um, we, we dove deep into our community, just um, getting to know our community, sitting with people, asking questions, hundreds of interviews to truly listen to the community and find out what are the real needs, Uh, not just the perceived needs, right? If, If you're not from a community like mine, um, for the backdrop, for those of you who don't know where we are, we are in a, a small area in Galveston, Texas. Uh, the average income is $10,000 per family per year. So when we talk about you know poverty on a um, U.S. scale, we're, we're right in the middle of it. And so my wife and I bought a house right in the middle of the community and have been raising our family for the last 10 years. And so that's kind of the, the quick snapshot about who we are and what we do. And, and I look forward to sharing a little bit more as we continue to um, unravel this fun of service. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Peeling back the onion. And for those of you who did not catch that, Josh and his family are living right in the middle of the community that they serve, which I think is really, really special uh, because you're seeing it every single day. So can you talk about some of the things that uh, Galveston Urban Ministries is doing for the community? Yeah, absolutely. So at, at the center of everything that we do, we say that we're developing holistic relationships to transform the community. So that is truly at the heart of who we are and what we do. We we want to, to cultivate true relationship because we've seen that in communities like mine, one of the biggest detriments is not always just the material lack of goods or finances, but it's really a social capital. And so what we want to do is really help build a social network for some of our community members who are trying to, to make a shift and a change in their life. Uh, coming out of poverty, especially generational poverty uh, versus situational, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, those, those are really challenging things uh, because the, the way my my family raised me was very different in, in kind of our, our ethics and our, our working and, and all the different capacities that we do. And so when I try to just take what I was trained to do and just give it on somebody else, it doesn't always work. And so what we recognize is we have to really walk with people through the challenges. And so as I said a few minutes ago, we, we spent 
tons and tons of hours listening to our community. That allowed us to understand what was really going on and how to build with our community, not for our community, but with them. And so what we heard was that the need for after-school children's programs, youth programs, and um, adult job training were programs that allow people to move forward. And the reason I say program uh, versus um, you know, clients or, or something else like, like that, we, we say programs because that gives us a chance to sit with people. It's a weekly time where we are in life together. We get to talk about life. We get to laugh. We get to eat. We get to, you know, share our woes, our celebrations, our excitements as we continue to cultivate that relationship. And, and through that, we begin to see what's really going on. And so people may come for a job training class. And, and as we start to unpack what's really going on, we we're able to sit with them and say, well, have you thought about this in this capacity? Or, hey, I didn't know that about your life. Tell me more. And, and we begin to unravel what's really going on in their world because we're all way more complex than any one simple solution, right? We all have issues going on. Maybe maybe you um, took in your wayward son or daughter, or maybe a family member came to live with you and it caused a few uh, complexities in your life. Um, and, and through that, we want to then help people kind of work through and navigate how to move forward based on what they see as their next step, right? Uh, a next step for you may not be the next step for me, right? And so that journey is, is just part of what we do. We just join, join the journey with each individual through our programs. When I, you know, as you talk about the unpacking, right, of the human and having those um, discussions or talks with them, really digging into, you know, have they thought about this or have they thought about that? I'd like to go back to something that you said about situational versus generational, right? Mm -hmm. uh, poverty. Poverty. So do you want to unpack, I'm going to use your word, right? Unpack that yeah. a little bit so that people understand really where you're coming from. Absolutely. So our community is, is primarily intergenerational poverty. That means it's not just like you just lost a job and all of a sudden you found yourself in a bad situation. Um, that, that would be more situational, right? Maybe you had a, a medical emergency, maybe you lost a job, maybe there's a death in the family, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, your income and your life changed overnight, right? And that happens, and, and that, is, that is tragic and brutal. At the same time, generational poverty is sometimes two and three generations of, of folks that we've worked with who have not had a full-time job, two to three generations, right? Like I, I was trained from my childhood with my dad to push a lawnmower. I was taught to, to work hard, to get a job. And so from the moment I could work at the legal age, I was, I was working because that was the expectation in my family. And so, so I was taught and trained very different. Now, it doesn't mean that our families are, are less than or um, unequipped or unequal in any, any sense, right? That it's just a different framework. And so for, for us, some of the families that we're working with, when we're talking about getting a job and working full time, that that's not something that they've actually seen before for, for their own families. And so if you haven't seen it from your own family dynamic, it can be really tough to jump in. And so a lot of times we'll see someone say, why don't they just get a job, right? We've all said that, just build a resume, go get a job. We've got folks who have not had an ID, a state ID in 10 years, people who don't have a, a driver's license, people who don't have um, the ability to be a legal driver. To get that can take a lot of time and money and resources not to mention, if you don't have access to a vehicle, how are you going to practice, right? Sometimes the things that many of us have had since childhood, I remember sitting in my granddad's lap, driving on his farm in his old Lincoln. Like I've had access to that from, from childhood because of my family's resources. 
And so many of the people in our community don't have the same resource baseline, and that doesn't give them the same starting point that I had. And so because of that, we recognize when you're two and three generations deep into some of that, uh, some of the complications and things that maybe me and you or others that were, or maybe are listening to this podcast just seem to know, it seems intuitive to them. Some, some of our community is not uh, privy to that same information. And so that, that's a, a systemic issue that we see in our community and, and literally uh, around the nation in neighborhoods like ours. Um, you have a large population um, who maybe are unemployed or underemployed, uh, temporary part-time jobs, seasonal jobs, um, again, very working class, and, and that can be, um, it can breed, breed its own challenges when it comes to um, understanding what's really going on in our community. And that's why we had to spend so much time listening, uh, understanding what's really going on. So we didn't just come in and superimpose our outsider ideas. Sure, absolutely. Well, and for those who don't live in the state of Texas or aren't familiar with our geography, Galveston is an island. And I think that alone can cause some of the issues, right? People feel isolated. It's very hard, you know, if they don't have transportation, they can't get off the island. Absolutely. Yeah. And and last I looked at as a city or as an island, 22% of our island is considered impoverished, right? So that's, that's one in four, right? When you really look at it, that's one in four people is considered impoverished. And so in a community where you have people with second and third homes, you have other people who have never owned a piece of property in their life and are paying astronomical rental rates. And again, that's, that's, we can't put out all the issues on other people, right? But at the same time, those are some of the complications that we deal with. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd like to dive into how people can get involved. And before we started the show, you know, I asked you what's on your mind and yeah. you were talking about uh, longer term and I don't want to call it a commitment because that scares people, right? But absolutely. it's a longer term relationship. So can we talk a little bit about more about that and how people can get involved if they're you know, interested in helping your organization? Absolutely. So, so usually the first thing people Say after I've gotten to present or share about who we are, um, I, I can be a very passionate speaker, so I can get people really, you know, fired up to get involved. And then people go, so, so now what? And, and I, I always default to, what are you already passionate about? Maybe you are an entrepreneur and you love starting businesses. If, if that's who you are, maybe you would be willing to sit with some of our young people who are in our, you know, from 13 to 17, somewhere in that category, and talk to them about what it looks like to start your own business. Right, we're we're on an island. There are a ton of ways to to captivate the the tourist population and create jobs. Um, maybe you love art, uh, so maybe that's a, a way that you use. You know, personal therapy is the way you uh, practice. You know, pottery or drawing, or whatever it is. So, for instance, we met a guy a couple weeks ago. He loves art. He said, "Hey, I would love to do that with adults." I said, "Fantastic!" And so we're we're setting up a small event in the next two weeks uh, to literally let people practice art. He's going to show them how to do a couple things, and then let people just play. And it's a way to cultivate a relationship. Now, if I had taken that same artist and said, "Hey, I need you to work in the kids program from three thirty to five thirty um, on Tuesdays," the answer is no. Right? One, he has a full time job; he can't make it. Two, that's not what he's told me he was passionate about. He told me he was passionate about art. So how do we to leverage what you're gifted at and use that, right? So that's where we are. Now, at the same time, we do have after-school children's programs and youth programs, and we need volunteers and mentors. Uh, maybe you want to give up uh, a lunch hour one day a week here on the island if you're here in the Galveston area and come have lunch with kids that we've been investing in. Sit with them, ask them how their week is, um, you know, and cultivate a relationship. It, it's kind of that big brother, big sisters model 
But the idea is building a relationship and, and anybody who has an extra hour a week can do that. Uh, at the same time, uh, people in our community have had people come in and come out really quick. All right, people come in and say, hey, um, uh, we wanna solve all your problems and people get excited and then that volunteer bails on them. So for us, we, we do ask that if you're willing to, to try it out and come serve with us, you know, help us know how to help you get involved. Because again, if you're in the wrong seat on the bus, you won't make it very long. And so if you're using that natural passion and that natural gift that you have, it's going to go a lot further and be way more, um, you know, bang for your buck in those, those models. So uh, we also have adult programs. Like I said, everything from job training to mentoring. We have programs that are already preset. If that's something that you wanted to be in part of, uh, you know, we'd, we'd bring you in, have you talk with our volunteer director and, and kind of get you really plugged in and get you in the right seat. We also tell people, maybe you don't know where you want to volunteer. Come try it out. You know, maybe come test, test the waters with, with the kids program. If that's not for you, we will pull you out safely and, and put you into the middle school. If that's not the right place, high school, college age or adults, because sometimes you don't know where you really fit. Um, some people think, oh, I don't know what to do in the urban context. I, I'm not, I'm not cool. I'm not whatever. When you use your passions and, and abilities, it, it's naturally intrinsic and people are drawn to that. Uh, maybe you love chess. Guess what? I've got a bunch of people who need to learn how to play chess. Come sit and play chess, you know, once every two weeks or once a month and, and we'll make sure that thing gets done. So, so it may sound like a, a generic answer, Tricia, but, but that's really what we found our biggest wins. Uh, is not making you fit into our programming, but really hearing from you as the volunteer and finding out what you're passionate about and finding a way to leverage those two things. And if for some reason we're, we're not the best fit for you, we will point you in a direction of another fantastic organization that might be the right place for you. Yeah, and you know, that's that's a really great thing as I talk to more and more um, not-for-profit organizations in our area, a lot of you guys are helping each other, which I think is yeah. really amazing. Uh, and that, again, back to, you know, the Bay Area Get Together, which is a great place for uh, nonprofits to mm -hmm. present about their, uh, their organizations to business people that are in the local area and how they can help. Um, man, I, you know, I just, I love that you're listening to the people in your community to find out what they need. And then you're also listening to the people who want to serve and putting them in the right places, right? Uh, and giving them a place to serve that's comfortable for them and that they're passionate about. I think that is just amazing and fantastic. So for my listeners, if you have not had the opportunity to hear Josh give his talk, I would invite you to find him talking somewhere because he is a very passionate speaker uh, and you'll find so much more out about his organization. So Josh, I would love for you to share how people can get in contact with you. Um, if they do want to volunteer, what is the best way that they can get in touch with your organization? Yeah, absolutely. So our, our website is Galveston urban ministries.org so galveston urban ministries.org um, all of our contact information is on there you can follow us on facebook uh, instagram all, all the social platforms uh, we do our best to really kind of you know hit every generational gap we can <laughs> and and make sure people have access to that um, our our phone number is 409-497-2460 that is our main line to our office uh, you can ask for me, again, Josh, you can ask for Mason, our director of volunteers, or, or any of our other staff. We'll plug you in the right place to make sure you get um, kind of received by the, the things that we're doing. Um, we always want to invite people, just come and tour. Let us show what we've been doing. 
uh, we've got a, a YouTube channel, again, Galveston Urban Ministries. Uh, we've got some good videos and links about who we are and what we do. And we, we're trying to tell the story well, right? Because everybody wants to find out what's going on before you show up. And so we, we hope that we can do that now more in this digital era that we're in and how COVID has pushed us to be way more of a online presence. And so check us out on any of those platforms, uh, you know, watch our videos, look at our website. And after that, you know, find out maybe the best way for you to plug in uh, where, wherever you may fit. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So um, we actually have a couple of minutes. So I'm going to put you on the spot. This is not something that we talked about, but do you have a, a just a short story that you could tell uh, our audience about somebody who's come through um, and been one of the people that you've built a relationship with gum? Absolutely. We, we've got dozens of those stories and, and I should have probably teed up with that in the first place, but uh, I'll, I'll tell a story. We'll, we'll call her um, Susie, uh, just, just for her own anonymity. And so, so Susie came to us in one of our back to school supply stores. So uh, as an empowerment based organization, what we try to do is make sure that we don't give anything away for free. Uh, and that's not to say that we're trying to be greedy. It's that we want mutuality. We don't want us to be the giver and you to be the receiver. That, that's not what we want to do. We want to create mutuality to the best of our ability. And so in the store, uh, uh, Susie came in and goes, I heard there's backpacks for $5. Can you tell me what that's about? Uh, that was about nine and a half, 10 years ago now when we first got started. Today, she is now in her second year of culinary art school, and she just bought her first car with cash. So we're talking about wow. needing after school supplies for her students, for her own children, needing support. Uh, she had to move apartments. She had nobody to reach out to. So she called us. We had a truck and a trailer. So we, we helped her move. When you think about that, kind of from our maybe middle class world, you call your friends and family to help you move, right? You know, they're, they're moving your, your drawers and your, your clothes and your kids' toys. That's not just for some random person. That, that's one of the joys that we get to have, right? Is because we're in people's homes and with them. So she has gone through all of our programs. Her kids have been invested in our programs. And we're seeing a whole family who is maybe on the left side doing this, moving to the place that she wants to be. That takes time. So I was at a conference a couple of years ago and heard the speaker talking about an aircraft carrier. So an aircraft carrier takes five nautical miles before it can turn. Some of us want to turn it now, right? Uh, when we're young, we want to, here's a systemic issue. Let's turn the ship right now. And what happens if you turn too fast, you lose your cargo, you lose your people, you may make the turn, but the damage that's going to have been done is going to be unrepairable and, and very costly. And so for us, when we've seen these systemic issues that have gone on for generations, we can't turn too fast. We've got to turn in stride with our people and help out at each step. So sometimes people say, well, Josh, what do you guys do? And yes, we have programs, we have you know, processes in place, but we're really walking with each individual in their journey, right? Maybe, maybe you've got a drug and alcohol background. Maybe you've got a lack of employment. Maybe you just need someone just to push you a little bit. We've seen each one of those people come through. Uh, as I mentioned earlier about situation and generational poverty, we have people in our community who haven't worked in a few years that have master's degrees. They had a tragic issue come up in their family. Mentally, they struggled, depression, anxiety, all sorts of things set in. All they needed was just a little bit of a push and a reminder about who they are. So when we've defined poverty, it's really about a lack of identity and lack of purpose. Those are two of the biggest issues that we found. And I think that's global. That's not just a U.S. thing. When people understand who they are as an individual and what they're built for and their purpose, 
life begins to change in some really big ways. For, for us, uh, we're a Christian organization, right? And so we're unashamed of who that is. It doesn't mean you have to be a Christian to volunteer with us. You don't have to do anything other than be who you are, but that's who we are. And we've recognized that 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 is a big deal for a lot of people in our community is they need an identity check. They are, they are the, I'm a single parent and that becomes their identity. And that's not their identity, right? That's who they are in this season, but that's not their identity. And so for us, we want to help people understand who they are and what they are built for. And, and when, again, people find that passion, just like what I've encouraged you to do, use your passions to volunteer, they begin to do it. And we have seen people who were recipients in our program early on. They are now sitting on the other side of the table with us wearing a gum shirt, serving other people. And when people from our community are serving their neighbors, you see empowerment take root. And there is this pride that comes out. And that to us is the win because they were once the one being served and now they're serving others and they're bringing their friends with them. So our friend Susie, I mentioned it's in her culinary arts program right now at Galveston College. Uh, we did a story on her a few years ago and somebody from our neighborhood saw her and said, hey, I saw that story on Facebook. Uh, are you the one? And all of a sudden, Susie, right, who, who was uh, in all sorts of challenges, is now helping somebody else from her community because they saw her being highlighted. And she said, let me show you how to do it. She's been building like a little micro book of here's how to, I got my college scholarships. Here's, here's who I talked with. Here's what I needed. She's now bringing things together. She's been empowered to help empower the next generation. And, and again, thank you for asking that question because that's what we do, right? That, that's not about... Susie being in a program at our, our ministry. It's about Susie understanding who she is and her passion to be a cook and a baker. And she wants to be the first black owned bakery in Galveston. That's now her drive and her passion, right? Identity and purpose changes the game for everything. She's teaching our kids what it looks like to go back to college when you're in your late thirties or early forties, right? Th those are not easy things, no matter where you are in your, your life, uh, life plan, but she has done it and she is modeling for the next generation what it looks like. Yeah, I love that. And I, I love how you talked about the aircraft carrier and you can't, you know, you can't just turn on a dime uh, yeah. and expect good results. It really does take time. Thank you for being on the show with me today and sharing so much about your organization, Josh. You, you and your family are doing some amazing work in Galveston. And I'm, I'm so blessed to have met you multiple times. And uh, I'm so glad that Gail reintroduced us so that you could come on the show and talk about gum today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, thank you for, for taking the time and reaching out. We love sharing about our organization. Uh, I hope our passion is, is communicated clearly. And, and again, just to you know, kind of share with the listeners, you know, invite us to come speak, you know, invite us to your, you know, to lunch or coffee and we'll share more stories. Uh, again, we love what we do and we hope we communicate that well. Yeah, well, you do for sure. And there's so much passion behind uh, when you do speak and behind your organization. Thank you again, Josh, for being on the show. For all of the listeners, I will post all of the contact information and the website in the show notes so you can just click and find all the information that you're looking for. Josh, thank you again. Yeah, thank you. And you all have a great rest of your day. And that concludes this week's podcast, Serving the Community. 